A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announced to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's bidding. Now Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk announcing, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in the ashes. Then he had this proclaimed throughout Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles. Neither man nor beast, neither cattle nor sheep, shall taste anything. They shall not eat, nor shall they drink water. Man and beast shall be covered with sackcloth and call loudly to God. Every man shall turn from his evil way and from the violence he has in hand. Who knows, God may relent and forgive and withhold his blazing wrath so that we shall not perish. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil way, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The word of the Lord. If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice in supplication. If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, Lord, who can stand? But with you is forgiveness, that you may be revered. Let Israel wait for the Lord. For with the Lord is kindness, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all their iniquities.
Dominus Vobiscum. Lexia Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Verbum Domini. Prophet Jonah gives a very brief yet direct message in our first reading today to the Ninevites. And this leads to their conversion. Forty days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Jonah, as we know, was a reluctant prophet at first and he initially fled from what God was calling him to do. When God commanded him to go east to preach repentance to the Assyrian city of Nineveh, he fled west, the opposite direction. <clears throat> and we were told in the reading yesterday that he fled away from the presence of the Lord. He didn't want to do what God was calling him to do. Jonah, being patriotic, did not want Nineveh to repent. Rather, he wanted God to destroy the Assyrians, who were the enemies of Israel. He would much prefer God's justice to triumph over his mercy when it came to dealing with the Assyrians. But look at how God works. Jonah delivers one brief message of the danger coming if the Ninevites did not repent, and the king and the people of Nineveh responded with true repentance. Again, Jonah had been disobedient by fleeing from what God commanded him to do, and as we are told in the book of Jonah, when he had been thrown overboard the ship, God in his mercy sent a big fish to swallow him and preserve him from drowning. And then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him. It was in the belly of the great fish that Jonah offered a prayer of thanksgiving for being delivered and is spewed out on the shore after three days. So God, in his great mercy, delivered Jonah, and now he repeats his command for Jonah to go to Nineveh, to do it again. And that's where today's reading picks up. Where we heard the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, and we thank God for his mercy, right? that he's patient with us when we fall or when we rebel against what he's asking us to do. So Jonah gets a second chance, and this time he goes. And as I just mentioned, the king responds to this message of repentance by proclaiming a fast, and everyone puts on sackcloth as a sign of their repentance. And the king commanded everyone to pray, to call loudly to God and to change their evil ways. And God spares their city because of their repentance. But as we know, Jonah is not happy. He wants strict justice. He accepted God's mercy for himself, and he was grateful to God when he was spared after he was thrown overboard the ship. 
But again, he does not want God to forgive his enemies. He does not want God to spare the Ninevites. So from the account of Jonah, we see again that God's mercy extends to all, but it requires repentance, turning away from our sins and ultimately returning back to God. And Jonah's own example is a good witness to us. It's an encouragement for us as we see him work through his own struggles. St. Bernadette once said, I would like to know the defects of saints and what they did to correct these defects. That would help us much more than hearing about their miracles and their ecstasies. And Jonah is a saint. He's considered a saint in the church. In fact, his feast day is September 21st, which is the same as St. Matthew. So here's a saint, and we see him in his struggles of doing what God has asked him to do. So this is very helpful for us. And yet again, the encouragement is God did not give up on Jonah, even when he rebelled against what God was commanding him to do. And we know that ultimately, Jonah allowed God's grace into his heart to change him, to respond generously to what God was calling him to do to grow in holiness. And in our gospel today, we hear the passage about the Lord's interaction with Martha and Mary. And it might seem very natural to sympathize with Martha, who's trying very hard to practice hospitality, to serve her guest, who happens to be the Lord. And even to look at the situation of Mary as if she were slacking off and serving her guest. But when Martha complains to the Lord about Mary, Martha is the one who gets corrected, not Mary. And the Lord's response is very helpful for us in our own spiritual lives. He says to her, you're anxious and worried about many things. A more literal translation is you're anxious and distracted about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. So Martha is very important. Martha is not being corrected because she's working or because she's serving, because she's being hospitable to the Lord. She's being corrected because she's anxious and she's distracted. She's being distracted from the Lord, from keeping her attention on the Lord. In contrast to her sister, Mary, who is completely focused on the Lord. She's sitting at his feet, and she's attentively listening to him. That's a great image of prayer. It's sitting at the feet of the Lord and listening. So again, our Lord is not criticizing an active life of service because that's a good thing. God has given each of us um, responsibilities. Each of us have our own responsibilities and works, and we're called to do them with great love for the Lord. But we also need to be wary of being distracted and becoming anxious, becoming bogged down in the work that we do. Our priority, the most needful thing, the one thing necessary is our interior life of prayer. It is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, it's very easy to get caught up in the work that we do and to lose focus of that one thing necessary. Because you might think, I have so many things that I have to do, so many good things that I have to do, and I don't have time for prayer. We need to be really vigilant about that thought, about that temptation, which I think is very common. So this gospel passage is a powerful call to our ongoing conversion every day, of keeping Christ in our life of prayer as the main priority. There is one thing necessary. And we know that if we're filled with the grace of Christ, if we are filled with Christ himself, if he truly is the priority in our life, we'll do a much better job of carrying out our responsibilities. And our prayer life helps us to better deal with anxiety and distraction in life. 
It's when we allow our work or anything else to distract us from the one thing necessary that we do lose our interior sense of peace, that we do get become anxious, even become frustrated, as we saw in, in Martha in today's gospel. Right? She was frustrated at her sister, and then she even it seems like she even showed frustration at the Lord. Don't you care? Tell my sister to help me. Right? I mean, if we're not, if we lose that focus, we become anxious and frustrated. We can even become frustrated at God and demand, tell him what to do, right, to solve our problems in life. But we know that God is ultimately, he is all wise. He's all good. Right? So we're called to deepen our trust in him, to keep him first and foremost. And we're also reminded in light of this when the Lord was correcting Martha for being anxious, right? We can think of our Lord's own words when he said in the Sermon on the Mount, do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. And this past Sunday's reading, St. Paul said in his letter to the Philippians, have no anxiety at all. And then he gave very practical advice on how to overcome anxiety. When St. Paul says, with prayer and with thanksgiving, right? Prayer and gratitude, offer your supplications to God. So it's our prayer life, keeping our mind on the one thing necessary, relationship with Christ, and being grateful for all the good things that he's given us. This is how we overcome anxiety and keep our priorities straight. So we ask for the grace today to keep in mind, always, as often as possible, the one thing necessary knowing well that this does not mean that we're not going to experience crosses or pains or sorrows or struggles. We will be filled with a greater interior peace when they do come. And we'll have a greater trust that it's all in God's hands and that he truly does desire what is best for us.